Welcome to Family Features, a podcast for anyone who wants to experience healthy relationships within their family. This is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and I'm honored to come alongside you to encourage, educate, and equip you as we focus on the different relationships that make us family. Let's get started and focus on today's feature. Hey there, this is Dr. Corey Gilbert with the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle and the Warrior Marriage Podcast, and I'm excited today to um, unpack some stuff about the rules and roles that we have in marriage um, from Scott Stanley's book, Fighting for Your Marriage. Um, a great resource for you to think through um, and actually um, process some of the ways that you do things and maybe potentially add some skills um, to your toolbox, but also um, improve your marriage. First thing we'll look at here, oh, and by the way, these are basically excerpts and group things that I do in my um, undergraduate classes that I teach, and so looking forward to um, serving you here with these videos. But changing roles and changing rules. I want you to look at these questions and see what you would answer. So, um, is it true or false? Men are more rational than women. False. <laughs> um, not true. Women are more likely to be d- depressed if they are married. False. Both are less depressed. And actually, that's a huge one. The impact of marriage is actually to be healthier, um, even though many times maybe you are in a place where you don't feel that, that that's the case and you feel like you'd be healthier without this person. Uh, long term, that is, tends to not be true if over the next few years you cr- correct course, which is can be done. With the right help, with the right resources, the right tools, it can be done. I'm so encouraged by that myself and have been honored over the years to walk along now, actually 20 years, walk beside couples doing just that. Um, another one, men live longer if they are married, whereas women who are married have poorer health. <laughs> That's a good one. False, half true. Women are not generally harmed. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, we tend to be healthier um, overall, physically, emotionally, spiritually, the whole. It's really, really a powerful tool. And that's not really a tool. Marriage is, a, I would say, sacred. It's a sacrament from um, our Creator, not something we've just concocted here on this earth. Uh, women tend to report less happiness in marriage than men. It's actually false. More likely, equally or even happier in some studies, which is really, really neat. Um, we need to remember that as we go, well, we get married because men want sex, you know, things like that. We get married just to have someone to, to do stuff with or to share the bills or to make babies. And no, it's, it's way bigger than that and way more beautiful than that. Uh, most men hate talking with their wives and therefore avoid it if they can. <laughs> That's a big one. Seems true to me sometimes when I look at the clients I've had sometimes, but false. Men have not con- um, cornered the market on introversion and shyness. It can be true at times, and they need to learn. We need to learn, uh, but that's not uh, generally true. It's false. Another one in dual earners mar- dual earner marriages, men and women do an equal amount of housework. Now laugh with me. <laughs> that's insane. It's not true at all. <laughs> yeah, right. That's so not true. You have two people that both work, the wife tends to still almost always do the extreme majority of um, the housework. And I would actually dare say just certain, this is stereotypes, but some personality differences between men and women there. Um, Men are more proud of their 1% than women are their 99%. And that really tells us a lot about the personalities in general, uh, which is interesting to think about. We could talk more about, but men are more attracted to women who are somewhat insecure. No, not at all. 
secure people are more attractive and that's actually important especially if you're single you actually realize that who you are and how you present yourself and live your life um, actually attracts certain kinds of people so women are more committed to their marriages than men are another false one dedication can be expressed in many different ways and that's actually important to understand that my husband's dedication or my wife's dedication is expressed in this way oh and now I can understand them better Men, being more competitive, are more likely than women to have already looked at the correct answers below so that they can get a higher score on this quiz. Um, and the, did you? Yes, so many did because, yeah, it's interesting just the way we, that many men are, tend to be wired. Um, when conflicts arise, men are more likely than women to shut down or pull away. True or false? This is a setup. When conflicts arise, men are more likely than women to shut down or pull away. What do you think of the stereotypes? Do men tend to shut down or do women? This is true. And how we handle conflict is actually a critical skill that we must learn to be successful in marriage. It's actually one of the key factors that John Gottman's found in his research in terms of determining the success of a marriage and correcting course is learning how to conflict well, disagree and be okay, be on different pages and make choices as a, as a team. So here's two kinds of marital conflict. There are the perpetual problems, and we're going to look at that one in a second. Here's a, a verse from Proverbs. He who answers before listening, that is his folly and his shame. And too often, that's you or I. Despite what many therapists will tell you, you don't have to resolve your major marital conflicts for your marriage to thrive. And here's, here's the number. Here's the magical number, and it's a funny the number they landed on. But how many of the two kinds of conflict, the two types, how much of it is perpetual? It's not solvable. It cannot be solved. This is where marriage fails. Marriage counseling, sorry, fails. As we come in, or someone comes in to see us, and we try to help solve perpetual problems. And the frustration only mounts, and divorce becomes inevitable. And this, and according to the research here, 69%. 69%. Funny, they fall on that number again. <laughs> um, but 70% um, of, so the majority, extreme majority of our problems are perpetual. It's, as long as you nag, he's going to still keep leaving the socks on the floor. As long as you push, she's going to keep doing this, she's going to keep doing that. A lot of it's personality, a lot of it's habits, uh, and things do change and move over time, but a lot less than we tend to think. Here are some areas. So another verse, John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble. We need to remember that. But we tend to have signs, there's signs of gridlock. We feel rejected by our partner. Um, signs of gridlock is we just get stuck. Um, feeling rejected, keep talking and make no headway. Become entrenched in your positions and unwilling to budge feel more frustrated and hurt. Conversations about the problem are devoid of humor, amusement, and affection. Oh, that's cancer. Can you have a disagreement and still care for each other and show tenderness and show care and show humor and love them? More unbudgeable over time and eventually you disengage. And this leads into some stuff we'll talk about later, these different um, conflict styles that are actually really important to know and know where you are and or what needs to change. And then the second category of these kinds is the solvable problems. The other 30-ish, 
And just because a problem is solvable does not mean it gets resolved. A majority of our problems don't get solved. So a solvable problem becomes ex excessive tension because techniques for solving it are lacking. And that's where we come in. That's where there's tons of resources in terms of books, just like um, Scott Stanley's and many others. Um, there's counselors, there's therapists, there's coaches, there's seminars and marriage retreats and things and tools to help learn different skills. And you might gain one or two here or there, but you're doing that over a lifetime. These solvable problems, here are some of those critical skills. Can you have a soften, can you soften your startup? What does that mean? In the beginning of a fight or a disagreement, often those first three uh, minutes or even three seconds just paint the whole picture. You did this, boom, versus I. I'm feeling this. I'm stuck here. I'm not sure. Did you really hear me? Did you really, are we on the same page? That kind of stuff. Um, can I ask a question? Soften the startup. Be careful how you start the conversation that it kind of moves. Otherwise, the, the entering the conversation skyrockets, skyrockets heart rate, and we tend to have this flood of adrenaline, and it's fight or flight, and we got a problem. Learn to make and receive repair attempts. I love this one. Some couples, this is revolutionary for them. They learn that when they start getting a little heated, so when their heart rate gets up to around 100 beats per minute, and a lot of us have watches that can tell that, so look at it, use these tools. I don't think straight. I don't think well. I, you need a trigger word that kind of says, oops, stop, pause, or chicken, and we laugh, and we stop. If we pause and let our bodies kind of calm and our heart rate go down, we can engage and actually have a civil conversation. If not, things tend to devolve pretty quick. That's the repair attempts, these attempts to kind of correct course and get us back on to, oh, wait a minute, I do love you. I got clouded by my emotions or my the results that I wanted. Soothe yourself and each other. That's being able to, again, help each other calm and, and lessen the flooding. Compromise is a dangerous word. Um, this one used to be really popular in the 80s, 90s, um, and a lot of the Christian writing especially. And what tends to happen with compromise is you have two, a couple, and over time, one person always compromises. Not both. It's not back and forth. Whoever's louder or more forceful or just more of an extrovert or more cares more tends to get what they want. The other person tends to not. And, and if we're not careful, resentment starts breeding, starts growing. We don't want that. We want to be able to compromise, but it needs to be through what I like what Stephen Covey says. It's finding that third alternative. Here's what I want to do. Here's what you want to do. Let's look for this one that makes us both um, content and, and, and um, on the same page. And be tolerant of each other's faults. The truth is, no matter who you are, you can easily zero, zero in on your husband or your wife's faults. Honestly, that there's just there's no way around that. Um, for some reason, we can remember all the harms and all the people that hurt us easier than can remember the things that were good and amazing and blessed us. Uh, our spouse as well. We focus in so easily on those faults and we obsess. And the truth is, also, there's someone out there that doesn't do that. That's where we tend to go off the rails. You do this, I don't like you. They don't do this, I like them. Except you haven't looked at that whole package either. So careful with that. Some verses for us to remember here. However, each of you 
must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband, from Ephesians. 1 Peter 3.7, Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. And then Proverbs, enthusiasm without knowledge is no good. Haste makes mistakes. The, the one that kind of wins the race, that mentality, is the slow and steady. That's marriage. There is no winning in marriage. When someone wins, you both lose. Being able to stay on the same page, have each other's back, care for each other, and be intentional is really critical. And here's an interesting way to think about it also, creating shared meaning. A crucial goal of any marriage is to create an atmosphere that encourages each person to talk honestly about his or her convictions. How do we do this? And every family does this, whether consciously or unconsciously. But it's through family rituals and shared symbols. It's a really interesting um, way to think about it. But I don't know how, if if you can think of or recall quickly the different rituals you have, but you, like for me, I tend to go right back to the holidays. What are the habits that we have? We have different rituals. Um, and then the for shared, shared symbols, certain things like at Christmas, you know, that nativity set that you put out or the different um, things that you've collected. One of the things we do since we got married is we, anywhere we go, we actually get Christmas ornaments from that place or something to act as a Christmas ornament so that when we put things up on the tree, it's just memory lane. And then we are able to then put it away till the next year. And it's constantly, it's not just clutter, like things we've collected over the years. It's something that we kind of put up once a year and then back up. These are our shared symbols. We have other things that sit out. Um, but these rituals and shared symbols become critical in terms of creating an us uh, as a couple and then us as a family, um, which is a really, really important skill to learn. So I hope this is helpful for you to encourage you uh, as, you're, as you uh, navigate marriage and you see that this is doable, but it's also not easy. Um, it takes engagement. It takes intentionality. Um, you can do this. I know you can. And I am excited to see the kind of marriage you continue to create. Um, I look forward to helping you. If there's anything I can do to help, I reach out and let's um, get on a phone call. Please join us on my Facebook group. Uh, Facebook.com slash group slash The Healthy Marriage is where you can find us um, and join, uh, join us there. And I'm um, honored to serve you. And this is Dr. Corey Gilbert. Talk to you next time. Thank you for tuning in to the Family Features Podcast. It has been an honor to serve. Find out more about Dr. Gilbert and his resources for you and your family's growth and success at HealingLives.com. And if you think you could use some support along the way, be sure to book that call at BookDrG.com. One more thing, if you found this helpful, please share this podcast with others so that we can change the world together.